talking about disabilities and neurodiversity and if you're brand new to this podcast loud is bringing together the voices of young people in the world to talk about things from wide scale systemic issues to the things that affect us on the more personal level given our own perspectives because most of the time we're only hearing from the older generations this podcast is available to listen to on podbean spotify apple Podcasts, and google Podcasts. And don't forget to catch up with us behind the scenes on social media. The handles will be in the description. But back onto this episode. Emma, do you want to tell everyone a bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Emma. And as you know, I'm a member of the Loud Table. And I'm taking part in quite a few discussions already. I like Disney and musical theatre. And I'm really passionate about justice and putting some good in the world. Which is why I currently study law A-level and want to be a barrister. That's awesome. So then, what made you choose this topic? Well, I myself am neurodivergent, as I'm autistic, and I'm also a young care for my mum, who's physically disabled. And I feel as if these topics aren't talked about as much as they should be, especially in neurodiversity, so I really wanted to bring light to those topics. I also thought it was quite relevant, considering what's going on at the moment with Sia's new movie, which I'm going to discuss with the rest of the loud table. So what do you want people to take away from this episode? Well, for those with disabilities, I want them to know that they're not alone and their disability is not a burden or a disadvantage, but part of what makes them themselves. And for those without disabilities, I would like them to know how to support those with disabilities and just be kind to everyone. That sounds great. Is there anything you want people to take away from this episode? Well, I think so often in our society, people with disabilities of any kind are so overlooked or looked down on. And people without disabilities are most often not educated enough to understand or accommodate for those who might need it. Things intended to help disabled people are often abused and people are mocked for things out of their control. So I hope for people listening to go out and find resources to do their research and be more open-minded and respectful of people, regardless of their situation. Even though there might not be as much education or awareness at the moment within schools, there are loads of easily available resources online. Yep, there are plenty of websites and organisations out there to help those who may need it. Some key charities I found are ASAN, the Autism Self-Advocacy Network, Smart Kids with Learning Disabilities, which is a website to help parents with children with learning difficulties, the Neurodiversity Resources Hub, which has lots of information about neurodiversity, the ADHD Foundation, the Dyspraxia Foundation, Dyslexia Advantage, RNID, an organisation which provides help for the deaf and hard of hearing, and RNIB, an organisation which provides help for the blind. And there are plenty of other websites and organisations which can help you if you need support or just want to educate yourselves. I'll provide a link to a good list of organisations below. But with that, I think it's time for us to move on to the loud table. Hi, I'm Abby. Hi, I'm Emma. Hi, I'm Jake. Hi, I'm Nikhil. Hi, I'm Owen. And you're listening to the loud table. So today's conversation is about 
um, disabilities, both mental and physical. And Emma's going to be asking Hello. some of the questions and leading the discussion. So, Emma, um, would you like to go straight into um, the first question? Yes. So, um, I thought to start off, it would be quite beneficial for like us and the listeners if we all go around and tell us a bit more about ourselves and like our disability in quotes. I know not all of us do have one, but like if you could maybe say a bit about if you do have one, a bit about it, or maybe if you live with someone who does. So I'll start. My name's Emma and I was recently diagnosed with autism and I'm also a young carer for my mum who um is physically disabled and she has ME fibromyalgia and immune, an immune deficiency. But, um, I don't have any disabilities that I know of, but my brother does have autism, so I have experience of living with someone with autism. I um, kind of like, um, I don't really have any um, disabilities myself. My nan, I, my nan is technically classed as disabled because she has, she has a motorbiking accident. She de- technically classes as disabled. Um, and I have quite a few friends who have autism and other kind of different disabilities like that, um, like hearing deficiencies and everything. So, yeah. Um, I am autistic. I have a type of autism called APD, which is also known as auditory processing disorder. Basically, what this means is some things that I hear, I might not always understand properly or my brain won't process it uh, entirely correctly. So if I'm often saying pardon, probably that's why. Um, I also have a lot of friends who are autistic, so I've kind of been surrounded in this world based on it. So I have a good familiarity with this concept. I have Tourette's and, oh no, um, I'm also being tested for autism and ADHD and like all, all that jazz, that stuff. And my brother's autistic. Um, and my mum has OCD, which is classed as neurodivergent. I'm um, kind of the odd one out because I don't, I, I'm not neurodivergent. I don't know anyone who's that close to me that is. But um, a big problem with people that I've seen who are neurodivergent is they're not looked the same. I mean, obviously, it's, um, I'm talking very slowly, but um, um, they're neurodivergent and they're not looked at the same as other people. And sometimes it gets to a point where they, they're not, they don't have a conversation as everyone else does. I'm talking about an in particular person, but I'm not going to name them. And I can see that people leave them out and they'll laugh at them, not trying to mock them much, but they are. Um, I just think it's a big issue and I don't like it. That actually leads quite nicely on to my next question. Have you ever personally or have you ever seen someone be negatively stereotyped or treated badly because of their disability or your disability? I think um, that's quite an interesting point that you brought up, Nikhil, because people might not um, actively, like, I wouldn't, I don't know if it counts as bullying, but I people won't, like, might not necessarily actively bully someone or single them out because of their disability, but it always, like, goes on behind the scenes and stuff like that. Mm. I know, like, personally, thinking to Nikhil's point, um, I've had a few people not want to be my friend because of certain traits that, I mean, at the time, I just thought it was just me being weird, but it's actually to do with my autism. So it sort of, like, sort of decreases people wanting to be friends with me. Do you uh, mind um, telling us... Do you mind telling us what those traits are or, like, what um, those habits are? Just, well, I... Sh- like yeah, I struggle... Um, 
to understand the idea of personal space, which means I can come across as quite clingy. And for some people, um, that could be a bit much for them. And also, I tend to speak without thinking about what I'm saying, which can put me in a lot of sticky situations. Has anyone else like experienced something like that? Well, I suppose from kind of an outside perspective, I've seen a lot of my friends um, in friendship groups and everything. There's like, because a few of my friends, you know, um, they have autism. And um, one of my friends has um, ADD. And um, they um, they find it difficult to um, tell the difference between um, like if someone says something, they can't really um, differ it, like how they mean it. If you get what I mean, I don't really know how I'm saying if I'm saying that correctly. Um, like interpretation um, difficulties. Yeah, yeah, inter- yeah. Um, especially like on group chats and everything. Um, and um, I know that they struggle with that. And it's been a case of like where there have been arguments over it. It's like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. And it's like, well, no, you, you know. And it's just, I, so I, yeah, there's things where people aren't as understanding as you think they should be, you, you know, just kind of stuff like that. But that's just from outside perspective. So. Yeah, I've definitely, uh, I get that, like struggling to understand tone, especially over text. Um, what about the rest of you, Owen? Have you ever, like, uh, or Jake, have you ever, like, directly experienced something? Or even if it's not direct, like, behind the scenes, like, have feelings, like, you know, people, you know that it's going on, whether it happens to your face or not. Um, in terms of, like, other people, I personally haven't been that, uh, that affected because uh, mainly people don't tend to notice. However, um, I have noticed other people who um, are who are higher on the spectrum for autism um i've seen that they are often like singled out and um uh, they aren't as accepted by just the general public due to just general intolerance and it's it's actually quite sad um the reason i say i've never experienced it is because uh most of the time it just happens at home like it's little things between my family and that never gets out but when um when it's like public and it's more noticeable the features of the different types of autism is more noticeable people do take advantage of that and uh, pick on you will single you out will try and make you feel bad about yourself uh, lower self-esteem simply because you are different and I've seen that in public and I've tried to defend them but um, it is actually a lot worse than people realize in my opinion. Speaking to what Owen was saying I've actually like it's not necessarily people trying to be horrible or anything but because I'm not as severe as some people might think, I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, you don't act, look autistic, you don't act autistic, oh, one of my friends is autistic, you don't act like them. And I know, like, this is before I got diagnosed, and I know a lot of people in the community do experience this. And um, I know people don't mean any harm from it, like, they're just trying to reassure you, but autism is not necessarily a bad thing. And it sort of makes me feel a bit invalidated, and, like, my experience aren't, my experiences on, um, like proper experiences do you think that's to do with um the way that autism is presented in society like we don't have education in schools about it we don't have um I'd say we don't have an awareness of what it really is unless it's the extreme forms and I've seen like growing up from other people other classmates and stuff like um if you're like making a joke about something or someone's acting silly someone will instead turn around and be like oh you're autistic like you're all you're acting autistic or like oh you're autistic like making jokes like that about it which are really toxic and stuff but oh yeah it's definitely I think it stems from people not knowing what it really is yeah I think education is a big thing Jake do you have anything to say um, nothing, like, directly has happened to me yet, um, about, like, my Tourette's and stuff, but, um, I know, obviously, 
I I know people probably speak about it in school and are like, wow, this weird kid just sometimes just randomly goes meow because it's one of my tics. And it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. It's like, yeah, I know. But um, people seem to be just cool, like, that I talk to are just cool with it. They don't really care. Um, but yeah. It reminds me of this thing I saw. It's like, you know, a person's only disabled if they're not given the means to be able, if that makes any uh, sense. Like if you're in a wheelchair, um, you're not disabled if there's proper means and like, you know, the environment is set up in a way that you can actually function properly. Yeah, you know, I saw and, that. If you know, the, way, oh, sorry. the way they explained it was, say, if one day everyone was given the ability to fly, but not you, your inability to fly wouldn't make you disabled but if if everything was still the same but um if they got rid of all the stairs and you had two story and you couldn't get to the top floor then you'd be disabled so it's not necessarily the person it's the environment which sort of um was actually one of the things i wanted to discuss like do you think the environment you're in is is adjusted to your disability right or like in general do you think the environment like society is suited to disabilities properly. I just can I um link to before we go on to that, just an earlier point about um Tourette's and autism. I think when it comes to Tourette's, a lot of people see an extreme, like a very extreme example of it. So they when there are people in their school or workplace or whatever that have Tourette's, they'll be more vigilant and careful and about what they say to them, about them. Um, but when it comes to autism, people do see extremes, but then it's more, it's not like a always physical or verbal like Tourette's can be, as in what people see. So they, it's it's more easy to make fun of them and talk about them, people t- who are autistic, um, than it is people who have Tourette's, I think. And I don't think that's good. I do have to agree with you on that one because I do tend to know, I do tend to see that more people know about autism uh, than they do Tourette's and the different spectrums of Tourette's. Um, for, uh, I'm going to be honest with this. I didn't even realise that mild Tourette's existed about until about three months ago. So I didn't even realise that it, I thought it was just like this one thing. But then now that I've realised and like opened my eyes to this, I've just realised, oh my God, it's uh, it's there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to it than people actually realize people could actually have Tourette's and not even realize it and it's um it's kind of concerning actually yeah um sorry just to add on to that I think there's like a big um I think the media has a big part to do in this because um if you see in like films and tv shows the way that um um like Tourette's and autism and all these different um disabilities are presented they're presented in very extreme in in very extreme ways and and a lot of the time they're very they're presented in very negative ways like um if you were to talk about um borderline personality disorder and everything um and um with the whole like you know the kind of split slash glass series of james mcavoy and um uh samuel jackson i think yeah um well with those in it oh and i think jason anyway um with all them in it like um borderline personality disorder is is presented in a very negative way and only in one way as well um which is very damaging towards people with that um, with borderline personality disorder. Who I think it is. I'm not sure. Actually, I might be saying that wrong. I think it's dissociative personality disorder. I'm very sorry if I've gotten that wrong, but um, yeah. 
anyway sorry um it's basically just um i feel like um like different disabilities they're always presented as an extreme and so people who experience things they experience things that may lead on to having a disability but they don't know because they they don't because they think it's just kind of like it might just be a thing where really it could be something else and um because the only way that they've seen this thing or like people might not believe them because they basically because it's like misrepresented it's hard to identify yeah that's all that actually moves quite smoothly on to another point i was going to i was going to mention so what do you think about like a representation in the media about like neurodiversity and um abilities i know um for me a big issue i have with autism representation is a they mainly show the um they mainly show severe aspects of it b they um and this is just in general they tend to get able-bodied and um neurotypical people to play disabled people like um sia her new movie music she got a neurotypical person to play the main autistic character who's like non-verbal and which i'm sure those people want to talk about that like jake seems like he's trying um, to talk about that but before before we talk about it actually i think we need to make sure that the audience um, yeah knows so, what it's about so basically this girl apparently receives news that she's going to be the guardian of her half sister whose name is music and she's supposed to be a young girl who's got autism and you know i guess the intention behind the movie is good it's about like sia's favorite themes finding a voice creating family etc but um the character of music is played by maddie how, how's this pronounced ziggler ziggler okay maddie ziggler i don't know much about her sorry but yeah so maddie ziggler she's neurotypical and she the 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 way that she behaves in the movie is quite stereotypical mm. like the negative stereotypical sort of views of how autistic people behave and the autistic community has complained about it because the advert everything in the advert if you look at it is bright colors bright like quickly moving colors and maddie's like constantly she makes her face like in this like really stereotypical way that like um people associate with people who have autism and the way like it's just quite offensive and they didn't even bother to like find an actor who had autism when the um the autistic actors were like oh well you know we would have been happy to step in we would have been happy to like you know try this role and stuff and Sia just turned around and was like oh maybe you're just bad actors and stuff yeah you find that a lot um a lot of the times they cast um able-bodied actors or neurotypical actors in disabled roles like if you look at stuff like atypical um the rain man the good doctor even the a word all those main autistic characters are played by neurotypicals which i doesn't sit right with me because because of that we get bad representation good representation is so important like and as well, another point, like the third thing I was going to say, there's not much female representation of autism. So I would have been so happy with Sia's new film because it's finally female representation if they had a neurodivergent actor playing music. I'm interested. What Jake? What were you? Um, what did you want to say about Sia's movie? Um, um, the, I think the problem is it's okay. In my opinion, if a neurotypical person plays a neurodivergent person, the problem is <clears throat> that they don't give <clears throat> they don't give the opportunity to neurodivergent people to play those roles. And when they do, it's not the director or the person like 
teaching the actor how to perform it properly isn't like neurodiverging themselves <clears throat> or has like the disorder that they're talking about in the movie so they can't represent it properly but it's like um how some people have problems with like um cisgender people playing transgender people in media i'm transgender and i don't really have a problem with that as long as they're doing it correctly and as long as this is a whole different like topic but as long as if you're playing a transgender man you get a cisgendered man to play it instead of or a cis woman because that's just bad that's because it, it reinforces stereotypes but like yeah not all media representation of like like neurodivergent people which is <laughs> bad can be which is okay let me phrase this the way that people with Tourette's are viewed in the media is they're used as like comedic relief and as like jokes and they're and this all we use for like it's like positive I guess that like nothing really bad is being shown about it except like oh it's funny sometimes but like then but that can also be negative because then people don't take it seriously because um having Tourette's like is like really hard to have um like I can't speak sometimes because I'm like having a tick attack and I can't control what my body's doing at all and like sometimes I have a, a breathing tick so I have to like breathe really deep and so it like messes with my talking every and everything and then like people can have really helpful ticks like punching your chest which is what I have as well so like it like even if the representation is good it doesn't mean it it is good like for the people i don't know if i'm explaining that properly i think um yeah linking to with like representation a lot of neurotypical people and i don't blame them at all they they think oh my gosh this is really good representation and they will use that representation as fact and they will like i'm gonna go back to autism it's a big spectrum it's like I mean, people think of it as a linear spectrum. It's more like a colour wheel. But, um, like, atypical, for example, a lot of people think that um, atypical is really good representation. And I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, are you, like, the main character in atypical? Do you have to, like, wear headphones like him? And it's a lot of, like, stereotyping, which I think is quite um, negative. On the topic of um, headphones for some autistic people who are sensitive to sound, um, Honestly, I think it's quite helpful if if you have an autistic friend um, who is sensitive to sound. Um, I think it's always helpful if you um, if they ever say like, oh, it's a little bit loud in here. I think it's always helpful if you try and take them somewhere else, because I have noticed on many different occasions that um, there is an autistic person in a room that's very, very, very loud and um they're they're sat there struggling and people can see that they're struggling and no one's actually doing anything about it they're just carrying on with the noise i i just feel like it's it's very inconsiderate for a start that um they they could be struggling internally their thoughts could um i think i, I looked at some of the symptoms of this before their, their thoughts could be running wild their heart could be pounding they could have um they could start hyperventilating in some cases so i, I just feel like as a general uh, the public just needs to be more considerate of people who do have these uh, neurodi neurodivergent um, symptoms. That um, reminds me as well, someone asked, um, or someone shared that they have a problem 
with stimming because people don't often realize what they're doing or they don't like you know they're looked at weirdly they're not accommodated for and stuff and if they if they're struggling if they're in the middle of like you know like an attack or something or they um are not sure what the word is so uh is it a melt not a meltdown we'll see is a meltdown okay right um oh like they're about to have a meltdown or something and they can't communicate that but because people don't know the signs and the symptoms it's not like they can just you know leave class because you know a lot of the time they get in trouble for it or it's it's like a big problem so um yeah that's that's one problem that someone really pointed out to me and that's why I think in education especially we need to start with the education system we need to be aware of whether we've got people in our class who are neurodivergent or disabled um physically in our classes we still need to know what they are the signs and symptoms and the different parts like things that come with it so that um you know in society we can help them out if they need it because people just don't know what to look for that like a cop that leads me on to like another question that I sort of asked earlier but um it's like do you think that schools and other public places are well adjusted to disabled and neurodivergent people like, I find personally with schools with what I was saying about noise I'm definitely one of the people who's very sensitive to noise like if you're one of my friends you probably know I usually have to slap my hands over my ears when it gets too loud and the problem is a lot of schools don't have quiet places especially at the school I used to go to they'd literally have a hall and outside and that was it you weren't allowed to sit or eat in classrooms and that's really harmful for a lot of autistic people who struggle with noise so what's your opinion on like accessibility and how well places are adjusted to like your disabilities just want to add something on top of that any quiet places that actually do exist are often sabotaged because i have noticed at my school uh the area that you are meant to be quiet there is often so many people that it ends up being louder than the quiet than the other places where you can be loud so it's like people who are sensitive to sound have literally nowhere to go it's it's really bad Apart from outside, like, I know um, someone who used to have to literally sit outside in the rain because it was too noisy for them anywhere else. I know, um, <clears throat> I keep changing the subject, I'm sorry, um, but I need to go back to a subject we were talking about, like, a few, five minutes ago. Um, when there's people in a who are autistic, I'm talking, again, about the same in particular person I know, but I can't say their name. People will... And I've realised that certain subjects or certain ways of talking to this person makes them really uncomfortable and they talk like they're uncomfortable and it's just not nice to see. And sometimes I've seen, actually not sometimes, quite a lot of the time, I've seen people have talked about those subjects or in a certain way to them to make them feel uncomfortable about where they are and what they're saying. And it's like, if there's anything someone's uncomfortable with, you wouldn't directly pose questions at them and make them talk about it so why would you do that to someone who struggles to talk about topics other other people may not struggle to talk about but they do what just why that's a really good that's a really good point i think it's because um people like people who aren't autistic um even if you are neuro neurotypical you can people find it just funny to like see the reactions of autistic people like the meltdowns because they think it's something strange and like they think so they just want to see it we're gen z and we want change viewpoints well we've got a range and we're not too young we know what we're talking about we're not gonna be quiet we'll be loud 
Hey guys, it's Emma again. As we're taking a quick break from the loud table, I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk through representation in the media of disabled people. So, when disabled people are represented in the media, which is very rare, this representation tends to be very stereotypical and overall bad representation. Here are some common stereotypes of disabled people in the media. Leave a comment if you know of any more. Monstrous Freak This stereotype dates back to the phenomenon of freak shows, which was an exhibition of people who were biological rarities and they were displayed with the intention of shocking and entertaining viewers. Whilst freak shows no longer exist, the portrayal of disabled people as monstrous freaks is prominent in other forms of media. An example of this would be Freaks, a 1932 Hollywood horror film, Villain. The portrayal of disabled people as villains is common in action and superhero movies. This can be seen as a way to invoke fear in the audience of the villain. Examples include many James Bond movie villains, such as Doctor No, and the common portrayal of pirates in the media, for example, Captain Hook and Peter Pan. Inspiration Porn. This refers to when people are portrayed as inspirational solely or partly only because they have a disability. This kind of representation is found in images spread around social media, consisting of an image of a person with a disability doing an action that is considered normal. It is aimed at making people who are able-bodied feel better about themselves for not being disabled, as if being disabled is a misfortune, so people with disabilities are objectified in inspiration form rather than having their humanity recognised and being treated as the norm. Object of Pity This representation portrays having a disability as suffering and makes the audience feel pity. An example would be Tiny Tim from A Christmas Carol. This stereotype makes people with disabilities seem helpless and weak, change disabilities as a misfortune that causes suffering. It sends the message that people with disabilities need to be cared for and protected by people without disabilities, which disempowers them. People with mental, mental disorders face different forms of representation, but these are just as stereotypical and damaging. Some of the stereotypes of mental disabilities include people being portrayed as violent and scary, as people with mental disorders are often portrayed as violent and prone to severely harming and killing people. This is often found in horror movies. A recent example would be the 2016 horror movie Split, which tells the story of three young girls being kidnapped by a man who, su- who suffers from dissociative identity disorder, or DID, going through a phase. This is especially true in movies about young people with mental disorders. The media often portrays mental disorders pu- purely as a phase that movie teenagers go through as a normal part of growing up. This can be seen in the 2003 American John movie 13, where the protagonist deals with mental health issues such as depression, substance abuse, self-harm and an eating disorder, yet never seeks treatment from a professional throughout the movie. They just, um, sorry, just got five, uh, they haven't got long left, so there's just one last thing I want to bring, well, I want to ask if that's all right with everyone. Um, it's about education. Do you think in schools, and I think we mentioned this a bit in the first episode, but do you think um, neurodiversity and that and disabilities, do you think we're taught enough about them in schools? And do you think there's enough education? No, I definitely don't like speaking from a neurotypical point of view sorry um no definitely not because i've i mean i've i've learned a lot of the things i know about um neurodiversity from my neurodiverse friends so um, my friends with autism and add and on Tourette's and everything um i've learned a lot from them and um, i've literally learned nothing 
that I know from um, the school at all. So um, I feel like, yeah, that really needs to, you know, like something needs to happen about that. Um, yeah, I don't think we're taught enough about it either. Um, like we're taught not to bully people because they're different, but then we, but then we like teachers and the media allows us to bully traits of autism like the whole band kids like joke like the whole oh kids who like have special interests in like one thing it was so weird when it's like that's literally a symptom of like ADHD and autism and stuff like that to hyperfixate on things and have special interests um so like we allow I'm saying we as in society <laughs> we allow like ableism and but like we don't see it as ableism because we're not taught enough about what symptoms are of like neurodivergent disorders and stuff like that. Um, on that note, I just want to ask as well, um, do any of you know what the sunflower lanyard is? Like if you saw someone down the street wearing a sunflower lanyard, do, do, would you know like what it is, what it stands for and what it means? Mm. Yeah. No. I mean, I Okay, know so basically I want to, um, because... I um the sunflower lanyard basically is a lanyard that people with hidden disabilities can wear so people know or if you just have a disability um people can wear to let people know and know like to be more like kinder to them or like maybe they'll need help with something or if something goes wrong they'll know okay this person has a disability let's try and help them in some kind of way right it's being misused a lot at the moment though Mm -hmm. how how so Basically, people are using it as mask exemption, and because you can easily buy them at the shops, a lot of people, a lot of people who don't want to wear masks, buy one and wear it, thinking, "Oh yeah, this means I'm exempt from wearing a mask." And some people with hidden disabilities, like I don't have a sunflower lanyard, but I kind of want one. I would wear that, but I'm still okay to wear a mask. No, I mean it's not even like mask exemption. I mean I know what you're saying. I think a lot of things are um, like misused by neurotypical people I mean look at like fidget spinners and fidget toys and stuff getting banned in schools because of people taking advantage of that but the actual like I've seen the effects of it I think it's pretty I think it's really good because my brother has one and when we're traveling he'll put it on and someone else will put it on as well so that we like people know that we're with him and um it's to raise awareness to be honest that's why it's so easy to buy because you know if you need one you can easily get one and if as well, if you want to raise awareness and let people know, um, hey, let me get this thing. And then, oh, someone might ask me what it's about. And I'll be like, OK, well, I'm in support of people with hidden disabilities. However, as with everything, there's always a risk of neurotypical people taking advantage of that and using it for their own personal gain. I didn't even know about this mask exemption thing until you just said, to be honest. Yeah, it's quite hurtful. Sorry, it's just because like um, because um, my um, nan, well, my nan, she has like a breathing problem and everything, so um, uh, she wears one because she can't use a mask and everything because it at the moment during this whole COVID and um during COVID and everything, it's being used as like um kind of like a signal to signify like if someone's wearing it, then um the reason they're not wearing a mask is because they have a hidden disability or um you know something that's not actively you know you can see and stuff like that or just a disability as you can say so um like I see a lot of people in school wearing it as well because they can't wear a mask um 
or well, it's not that they can't but they feel very you know it's just different you know reasons everyone has different reasons yeah, so it's, yeah it's you being it's like because I remember because I remember when it first kind of was a thing or I saw it kind of around and like I didn't really know what it was and then someone was like oh it's you know it's a way of awareness as you say and then um but now it's kind of also being used as a mask kind of thing um so that people understand but as Emma and Jake say I think yeah um it's also being abused by people who don't have hidden disabilities or like disabilities what, in general. One of my friends, she has ADHD and she has one of these lanyards. So she wears it, but she still wears a mask. And people always ask her now, oh, why are you wearing that if you're not wearing a mask? Because recently, a lot more people know about it because of the mask. And mm. it's these Karens, <laughs> um, using modern language, who are wearing them thinking that it just means they're exempt for using a mask. And it's sort of, um, you know, it. Oh, I can't think of the word. But, yeah. Sorry, I have a question. I think, to be honest, I I had an I had an idea. I actually wanted to get um the someone from Hidden Disabilities, like the Sunflower yeah, Landlord Scheme, to come and like talk to us about it and properly educate people. But knowing the bare basics of it, then since that can't happen, like, do you think that it's something that should be implemented like properly into schools and into society? Do you think we sh- it should be recognised? I think yes yeah. and no. I think, yeah, it should be recognised, but it shouldn't be used to the point where it can be... I mean, if apart from the mask thing, I don't think people would misuse it. But it, I think, yes, but again, with everything, there's a risk of neurotypicals misusing it. I was going to say one point. Um, I think it's very important and it's a difficult thing for people to that should use it to use it and it to be respected in that way so that everyone believes they're telling the truth because they should be so they need to be respected for that but obviously you have the problem if people are using it wrongly and they don't need it they don't require it then they're using it for some reason and I also would just want to say when people have certain things like autistic people neurodivergent I should say have a fidget spinner or the cube thing um and people don't question that about them not just that as well people who have crutches even though they don't have like a bandage or cast around their foot or something i was on crutches once and i because i had an operation on my knee so you couldn't see the bandage but it was there and i couldn't walk so i had crutches people like why are you wearing crutches why are you using crutches it's like i think that people just need to be respected about things they use and things they do to keep them well they should be normalized I completely agree with that. I think so for so long, um, neurodivergent people, people with disabilities in general, let's face it, because even if you've got like a wheelchair or you've got like crutches or something, people will want to take advantage of that. People like you always see people like hopping around, jumping on the wheelchair and stuff, jumping on mobility scooters. I think that um, disabled people have had so much taken from them for so long, especially by neurodivergent people, that I think that we need to put them first at the end of the day. There's always going to be people in any situation that will misuse or like take advantage of someone else's struggle. But if the people with that struggle have to then give up this, the things that help them, we're just letting them win at the end exactly, of the day. Yeah. But we have to make an environment where we know that that's not acceptable and also make it so that these things that are put in place for people who actually need them can actually use them and they, and they can actually get the help that they need. Mm. Yeah, linking to what um, Nicole was saying, um, my mum... My mom 
I've mentioned she said when she has a scooter, but um, when she goes to the shops, we pass on the disabled spot, and when she gets out, people give her loads of dirty looks, and it's like, no, you should, if she's using that, you shouldn't question it, because clearly she needs it. She has a disabled badge, but I suppose at the end of the day, it's not necessarily people just judging them, it's because loads of people misuse it, and it's not normalised. Yes, like people who park in disabled in disabled um thingamabobs parking spaces and they aren't like they don't it's just I it's just the disrespect that you They're must have ones. towards people. Yeah, the, towards people who need these spaces and everything. For you to park in these spaces or just to use spaces that people need, people um who have different disabilities need. And it's just I just don't understand how people can disrespect people that much. Like it's just baffles me. The more the more the spaces like that are disrespected, the more the people that actually need it are going to be disrespected when yeah. they doesn't look like they need. Amen. Exactly. So I, that's why I like I would fully advocate. Like I I would like for the sunflower because it has actually helped us. You know. Um. And I wanna. I don't know how to link this, but like, um, neurodivergent people don't have to. Um, don't have to what's the word that I'm looking for like explain yourself like they don't have to explain themselves you don't have to like yeah uh, wait Nikki what did you say I'd empathize but I don't think it's that um like you mean conform conform to society don't have to conform to assist society neurodivergent people don't have to conform to a neurotypical society because at the end of the day people are going to hate neurotypical neurodivergent people no matter what they do it's like how no matter how much like you pass as a trans person people are still going to hate you because you're trans nonetheless Mm -hmm. so there's no way you no way you can fully win so you might as well just be who you are you know I have linking to that I have like a nice quote that I'd like to end on which is which applies to this a little bit just applies in general be unapologetically you. Yeah, I think that's um yeah. What oh quickly, very quickly. What do what do you all want everyone to take away from this episode? Just what I just said. <laughs> yeah, anyone else though? Do what Jacinda Arden said and just be kind and respectful. That's literally it. Then all problems in the earth, I believe, will be solved. I'd also say probably just, I don't know, listen to those who um, experience this and everything and um, be understanding if they need, you know, your help or if they need you to be, dis- you know, I don't know. I just feel like that's also something, that, you know. Yeah, I think we should just make sure that we amplify it and listen to yeah. neurodivergent mm. and just listen to disabled voices yeah. because they know what they need. And if they can't communicate that, then find a way to... Yeah. we're them. speaking you just but need to be listening to us we need to listen we can't speak yeah we can't speak for or we can't speak over people who are neuro um pe- no just people who have a disability including everybody because let's let's face it we can't speak for them we might not experience you know what they've been through and i think at the end of the day just amplify their voices and listen to what they actually have to say and and be respectful be kind mm. to everyone amen and like one last thing, if a disabled person isn't asking you for help, don't infantilize them. Like I'm yes. sure Emma might have experiences with her mother being in like a, a wheelchair, like a scooter, sorry, for like 
sometimes I know people not personally but like people who are in wheelchairs or have mobility aids like some people like people that they don't even know will come up to them and start pushing their wheelchair and it's like I already know how to move on my own um before we like, end, ask, one ask thing, yeah one ask. thing um disabled people aren't babies <laughs> don't start don't keep talking to people who are neuro, neurodivergent and disabled as if they don't understand the world around them or as if they're inspirational just because they're living their life like it's normal to them they're not any different from you just because they think a different way or like they don't have a leg yeah yeah okay anyway and that's the end of the loud table thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoyed thank you emma for co-hosting with me today thank you for having me it's been such a pleasure and i've really enjoyed it and if you like what you've heard don't forget to check out the other episodes on your podcast streaming service this podcast is available on podbean spotify apple Podcasts, and google Podcasts, and runs every other sunday the next episode is going to be a holiday special so make sure you're tuned in on the 27th of december 2020 and if you want to get involved make sure to follow us on instagram facebook twitter and remember to leave a comment if you're listening on podbean or leave a review if you're listening on apple Podcasts. but that's it for today it's been ali a and emma enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you in the next episode bye bye Thank you all for listening to the loud table. I'm gonna let everyone say bye now. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Have a nice Christmas. You're welcome. Because it's Christmas now. Thank you for listening. Or, or, no, we have to do the Christmas episode. No Christmases. Thank you. I like Christmas.